Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. I'm Glennon Doyle, author of Untamed and host of the podcast, We Can Do Hard Things. On We Can Do Hard Things, my wife, Abby, my sister, Amanda, and I talk honestly about the hard parts of life. Join us and guests like Michelle Obama, Tracy Ellis Ross, and Brene Brown as we have refreshingly honest conversations. New episodes are out every Tuesday and Thursday. So listen to and follow We Can Do Hard Things, an Odyssey podcast, available now for free on the Odyssey app and everywhere you get your podcasts. Final hour of Sammy and Scraby with Maddie on the board on 97.3 The Fan for this Friday. This holiday Friday, just wanted to... Stop down real quick and say thank you to all of our veterans out there. Thank you to everyone who's fought for our country. Thank you to everyone for their service and sacrifice on Veterans Day. I know some people think of it as a day off, but we really do need to think about why we are uh, celebrating Veterans Day. I guess is celebrating the the, the right word is, is uh, observing. Observing. Thank you. That is actually the the more correct word. Observing Veterans Day. So again. Thank you to everyone out there, especially here in San Diego Absolutely. with such a big military presence. Uh, we really we really wouldn't be here right now if it wasn't for the brave people that fight for us. And I sure wasn't one of those people, so I have to make sure that I give it up to you. So thank you very much for all that you do. Now, with that said, I think we need to talk about Manny Machado. And Manny Machado losing out to Arenado on everything he lost out on the silver slugger this year to nolan arenado he lost out on the gold glove to nolan arenado now he has one more shot to get an award for the 2022 season which some are saying is manny's best season ever because he carried the team and the nominees for the mvp are these three manny machado paul goldschmidt and nolan arenado and i think it stops right there sam I think that the decision on who is the MVP should stop with the only guy on that list who does not have a teammate on that list. Because if you're going to say it's a most valuable player, how could you give that award to someone who had a teammate that was also up for a most valuable player? That team had two candidates. Manny Machado, to me, I know we're in San Diego, but I believe if they're going to choose an MVP, it's got to be him just because of what he did for his team and how important he was to the Padres, and he didn't have Fernando Tatis Jr. to help him. Well, I think you're right. I think that would be the argument for Manny, would be that he was on a team where he did not have that running mate, which Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt did. And really, I'll tell you what, aside from the month where he hit under 200 after the ankle injury, I mean, he was so unbelievably consistent. If he doesn't have that month and the numbers end up being even gaudier than they were, Manny Machado might win this award easily. Now, unfortunately, he had he had the month where the numbers dipped a little bit by his standards. Yes. Certainly. Um, that would be the argument for Manny Machado. I mean, look, he's certainly an MVP player, and he was the MVP of this Padres team. Where are they without Manny Machado? Let's be honest, they're probably not a postseason team. I don't even think they're over 500. Well, 
maybe. Yeah, I mean, they won 89 I mean, games. A, this is a big claim, well, but. but But I think the point is he was and will continue to be incredibly important. And he did not have that running mate with him. There was no Fernando Tatis Jr. to also put up those kinds of numbers. There was no full season of Juan Soto, who certainly has the ability to put up those kinds of numbers. So I'm with you. The argument would be that Manny, from a value standpoint, who is most valuable? I think I think no doubt it's Manny Machado. Now, is the narrative going into this that he's going to win it? I, I would be surprised if he won. I, I feel I feel like the the narrative for really all year, and he slowed down, but had a tremendous year. Obviously, uh, would be Paul Goldschmidt. Um, but Manny, from a from a most valuable standpoint. There's nobody in, in, in baseball who is as valuable to his team as Manny Machado was to this Padres team. And and that's like that's so much of when you talk about MVP awards is how do you define most valuable? Because that can mean a number of different things, and that means much more than just the numbers you put up. Yeah, and I, the most valuable player to me is the team, the player. It doesn't matter what team you're on. If you're if you are removed from that team and your team is not at the same spot that it was when you were playing with them, then I think you're that's that's what a most valuable player is. If you don't have them, they they your team is not as good. Now the stats for the season. I don't even think they're that much different for, for Manny and Nolan Arenado. Well, so this is why it's a little confusing because Manny hit 298 over the season, Arenado 293. Manny hit 32 home runs, right. Arenado 30. The only thing I see that's a lot different is the strikeout. Manny had 133 strikeouts and uh, Nolan Arenado only had 72. Mm. But that can't be a reason why he wouldn't win. Right. You know? So so let's, let's kind of go through it, right? So Paul Goldschmidt. Jake, okay, just by the numbers. So Goldschmidt. 317 average, 35 home runs, 115 RBIs, played in 151 games. And by the way, those were his final numbers after his pace slowed down quite a bit in the second half. He had a tremendous year. He did. Those were MVP-type numbers, no doubt about that. If you go to war, he was fifth in war at 7.1. And in fact, let's let's talk about war on fan graphs for you war fans out there. Machado was 7.4, Arenado was 7.3, Goldschmidt was 7.1. They're all in the same neighborhood. They so are. maybe we can yeah. kind of cancel out war because they're right. all right there. Um, look, the silver slugger thing between Arnado and Manny. I mean, let, let's go through it. You want to go through it literally stat by stat? We should. Why okay, not? let's do it. We have time. Yeah, we, it's let's the break off it season. Down. It's let's November. It it's November 11th. All right. I'm going to keep a tally here. I'm writing down M for Manny, Manny. and N for Nolan. Okay. Manny. 278 average, uh, sorry, Manny, 298 average, Arenado, 293. That's Manny. It's a win for Manny, baby. Okay, on-base percentage, 366 for Manny, 358 for Arenado. It's a win for Manny. Uh, Slugging, 531 for Manny. It was 533 for Arenado. Okay, slim margin, but we'll go with Nolan. Uh, By the way, you're going to notice this. I already looked at this. You're going to notice this with all these stats. It's really close, okay? 898 OPS for Manny, 891 OPS for Nolan. A win for Manny. win for Manny. Okay. Uh, Home runs, 32 for Manny, 30 for Nolan. Win for Manny. 102 RBIs for Manny, 103 for Nolan. Again, very close. Two, but let's give Nolan the win, rightfully so. Run scored, 100 for Manny. And 73 
for Nolan Arenado. That's five categories five. for Manny. Okay. Five to two right now. Um, did we do OPS? I think we did. Yes, we yes. did. Uh, hits, if you want to count that. 172 for Manny, 163. Well, it gives Manny Nolan. another win, so we're counting it. Games, even with the ankle injury, even with the ankle injury, 150 for Manny, 148 for Nolan. That is hard to believe. It is. It is hard to believe. That, well, it is. It is hard when you look at Manny's season. It is hard to believe that with the way that ankle injury looked at the time, because remember the twelve games he missed at a one sixty two. Not all of those were from yeah. the ankle. It was maybe like a week. Yeah, seven I mean, that's games. That's remarkable. Yeah, it, it look, is. look. Look, we thought it was remarkable at the time. Yeah, let's not forget what we all thought after he twists his ankle in Colorado. I mean, we we thought, oh, he's going to be out for, for a the while. Season. Okay, and it was, I mean, it was panic button time because of how important he had been. Um, but, Scraby, it was remarkable. I mean, like, watching that guy recover, play through it, he clearly wasn't 100%, not right for a while, but he... He never played, said a word about it He didn't it say a word, knew that he had to be out there every day for his team. And And we interviewed Manny Machado in the middle of the season in the dugout and so we were talking about his ankle and tony asked him specifically about his rehab for the ankle and and if that doesn't show you how hard of a worker manny is then i don't know what will yeah. because he was there on the table getting treatment for his ankle all day long and he was doing it day after day after right. day he wasn't just staying off of his ankle yeah I, I i don't know what they were doing but they were hooking things up to his leg they were making sure that you know he was having the right circulation in his ankle, and that's and he 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 kind of said it like that's really the only reason he was hey, able to come that, back. So that far. is that is one of the one of the really important aspects to Manny as a player is the fact that for the most part he stayed very very healthy throughout the course of his career, and his ability to play through injuries and play when he's not a hundred percent he posts every single day nearly. Um, it's one of the, look, when you hand a guy $300 million contract, that should be the expectation. Now, of course, not all guys do that and there are injuries and it's out of these players control, but you hope that you're not just getting a high level of performance, but you're getting somebody who can be durable. Um, so look, Manny had a terrific season. I was looking at stolen bases. The edges are not a little bit there. Look, we could look at, you know. Stat by stat, what we just went through, it was really, really close and even. Um, so for the Silver Slugger Award, look, if you're a Padres fan out there and you're upset that Manny didn't get it, I get it. Personally, Scraby, I really don't care. Like, I don't, Silver Slugger, whatever. I mean, you know. It, I guess it it's a It's a stat at the, at the, the end the... of your career. They'll say how many Silver you're Sluggers you want. seven-time Silver Slugger. You know, I mean, Manny, I mean. If Manny keeps on doing what he's doing, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Now, to me, that to me, that's the much more important big picture. Yes, and we were talking about Manny even having three thousand hits in his career well, with the pace that he's on. He's, so. He is at he is at two thousand and he's at fifteen ninety seven. Yeah, okay. he had fifteen hundred this year. He is thirty. He will turn thirty one in July. He's got a real shock. He does have a real shock. Absolutely. Now, let me ask you about, because we, uh, we, we're we going to be playing the A.J. Preller interview from Wednesday here in about 30 minutes, but we asked him, I asked him about Manny Machado's opt-out after mm. next season, and I, I think that that's something that on this show we've been paying a lot of attention to because opt-outs, player opt-outs are scary. You have no control as a fan. You have no control as an organization. 
the and, and AJ said that they didn't have much discussion on his opt out, but they more focused on how he's feeling with the franchise and how he feel like the year went. And I, th- I think that the only reason Manny would opt out of his contract is to uh, try to get the Padres to pay him a little bit more money because $30 million, it sounds like a lot of money, and it is a lot of money. But when we're talking about baseball and what Manny did last year, he probably outplayed his, his salary mm. for last season. Yeah, look, so he slated to make $30 million every year, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And look, there's a world where... So so after 2023, so he's got 24, 25, 26, 27, 28 left on the deal. Mm-hmm. So he's got five years, so five, so that's 150 million dollars still coming to him. I mean, that's a lot of money. I mean, that's yeah. a, you know, I I guess the question would be, does he does his agent think that there's more out there for him at the age of 31? Um, well, I'm look, looking we at were, I'm hey look- Matt Matt we. We were just talking about Aaron Judge being thirty and signing a three hundred plus million dollar deal. Again, I'm not trying to, put but I any... think that's a little bit different because Manny signed his his. And I get what you're saying is that right. he could opt out and try to get more money. Um, Manny plays all the time, though. Aaron Judge does. is not guaranteed the play. Right. But you're right, though. There is a parallel there. There, there is. And, um, look, I'm not trying to make anybody nervous out there. Look, if I'm a Padres no, fan right discussing. now. Yeah, I mean, focus on 2023. Manny seems to be very happy here in San Diego. He does. It's a team that has, you know, to the Padres' credit, to Peter Seidler's credit, to A.J. Preller's credit, has, after they signed Manny, that was not the final move. No. They've invested in this team. They've traded for big time players. They've shown a commitment to putting a very, very competitive product on the field year in, year out. That's not stopping in 2023 and doesn't seem like it's stopping anytime soon. So they've shown that level of investment. Um, we'll see. It, it could be interesting, though, at it the end of be. next year. It could. And, Depending and, on how the year goes and all yeah, that stuff. It could. Um, but, but well, I mean, obviously yeah. on, on 97.3 The Fan, we'll be talking about this a <laughs> yeah, lot I, in the I, next year. I, I think it's one of those things that may get more attention as the season winds down totally. and the season comes to an end, and certainly. Um, Especially right? if he's he's having another career. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we're really talking but about there's it. But there is also the opportunity, much like this is a much smaller scale example but much like the Padres just did with Robert Suarez there's the opportunity to restructure yeah and you know say hey Manny you have performed to the level that we expected in this contract here's a reward and you restructure and you you figure it out because you, you want to know you need who the uh, according to average annual value for third baseman and their full contracts um who do you think it's paid the most in, out of everyone in at that plays third base in baseball. Mm. Well, the Arenado contract, I don't remember how much it was for. I don't I think it was 300, right? I will say he's number two. Arenado's number two. Va- I'm assuming Manny's, Manny's not one? Manny is not one. Okay, so Arenado. For, for AAV. For AAV, is it Bryant? It is not. It's actually someone that doesn't play that often anymore. Anthony Rendon Anthony from Rendon. the Angels. Oh, they signed goodness. him to a... Oh. Seven-year, $245 million oh, contract in 2020 after the Nationals won the World Series. So he's making $35 million a year, and he still has – I mean, if you want to talk about uh, – uh, Oh, my goodness. If you want to talk about a team that wastes a lot of money, you it, want, you it's wanna, the Angels. You want to hear Anthony Rendon's numbers oh, since gosh. since he signed that deal? Sure. 
So now he's had a lot of injury issues. He but, has. Okay, but that's, that's hey, hey, that's yeah. part of signing contract and living up to it and the whole deal. So 2020, obviously different, but 52 games, hit 286. The last two years, 58 games in 2021, hit 240 in those games, hit six home runs. Last year, 47 games, hit 229 with five home runs. So total, 230-something average, 11 home runs, um, less than 100 games. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, more than, just more than 100 games. It, well, either way, they, mm. he has not lived up to his contract, and it's sad too because he he was he played so well in that final. He was season terrific with, the with Washington. He was a great player, and that's why he got all the money. It's it's interesting how the things Angels work. I mean, the Angels just throw money around. You know, like I actually, crazy. and I, I'm not sure how much time we have here before the break. Um, but let's I, go to break. Let's it, go to break. Okay. okay, we'll go to break. I've got and, a list here of the most. This was from MLB Metrics on Twitter. I was looking at it during uh, the last break. Of of the highest wars since 2012. And, of course, Mike Trout's at the top of the list of by a lot. Of course he is. All right, we'll talk about that when we get back here. Uh, Matt Scravey, Sam Levitt, filling in for Gwen and Chris. And here is your traffic report on 97.3 The Fan. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. I'm Glennon Doyle, author of Untamed and host of the podcast, We Can Do Hard Things. On We Can Do Hard Things, my wife, Abby, my sister, Amanda, and I talk honestly about the hard parts of life. Join us and guests like Michelle Obama, Tracy Ellis Ross, and Brene Brown as we have refreshingly honest conversations. New episodes are out every Tuesday and Thursday. So listen to and follow We Can Do Hard Things, an Odyssey podcast, available now for free on the Odyssey app and everywhere you get your podcasts. Closing in on the end of the show here on a Friday, Sammy and Scravy with Maddie on the board, filling in for Gwen and Chris. Chris will be back Monday. Gwen will be on vacation for a little bit longer. But uh, hopefully you've enjoyed being with us today. And if you missed anything from earlier, you can go and listen to us on the Odyssey app. Just download that, A-U-D-A-C-Y. You can type in Gwen and Chris, and you can find the hour or the entire show that we have broadcast. You can rewind. You can do all that good stuff. So you can search 97.3 The Fan on the Odyssey app or tell your smart speaker to play 97.3 The Fan. Before we went to break, Sam teased something uh, about a tweet that he was looking at. And so, Sam, take it away. All right, here we go. Okay, um, here we go. I like it. Well, and I, I lost the tweet for a moment, but I got it back. <laughs> um, I, I want to preface this by saying this is from MLB Metrics on Twitter. They do not have a blue check. They haven't even paid for the blue check yet. So... Take it with a grain of salt. Take it with a grain of salt. I, I have not confirmed that this is accurate. But well, we're gonna... I trust you. I trust okay. you. I trust you. It looks it looks like it's right. I trust you. Would you use this on your pre- and post-game show? No, I would make sure first. Okay. <laughs> anyway, this is well, the show we, to uh, do the, Well, okay, okay. The, this the re- is the show to the do The reason it. I brought it up is because we talked about the Arenado-Machado comparison. Correct. So, Mike Trout, according to this tweet again, okay, it could, it could be wrong. I hate that I'm doing this. But Mike Trout, since 2012, 
B war, which I believe is baseball reference wars calculation. Mike Trout, 81.9. Next on the list, Paul Goldschmidt, 58.1. But then the the, the part of it where where I thought it, it was, we talked about how close Arenado and Machado were this year in most categories. Arenado since 2012, 52.2. Manny fifty two. I mean, I mean, you can't get much more. Yeah, they look they, those even. two. It, it is something that's been talked about a lot. Those two guys have been very closely linked their entire careers, and yeah. they're you know they're comparable players. It has to grind Manny's gears that he never gets the upper hand over Nolan Arnado, and maybe that just is something that he uses as motivation each and every year, but. If I, I, what what else does he have to do? He wasn't even nominated for a Gold Glove. Yeah, well that was that was ridiculous. That was crazy. Yeah, and he is. I mean, if he wins the MVP, that would be uh, that would be the ultimate, the creme de la creme. Yeah, for Manny. I, I look, it would be awesome. Uh, again, I think it comes down to what you view as most valuable, how you define most valuable. We know here in San Diego how valuable he was to this team and where this team would have been without him in 2022. Um, I, I don't know about you. I feel like I, I, if I had to predict, I would predict he's not going to win it because I think the, the narrative has been Goldschmidt for a long time and people are going to look at the pure numbers and look at Goldschmidt. But it doesn't take anything away from what Manny did. Uh, from a valuable perspective to the Padres, there's nobody that was more valuable. Yes, and uh, hopefully he's rewarded for it. But I'm not. I'm like you. I'm very skeptical that he is going to be rewarded for it. Uh, free agency news. We talked about it a little bit earlier. We already talked about Aaron Judge. If you want to go back and listen to that at 2:40. But pitching wise, I know that the relief core for the Padres needs to be bolstered a bit. But the starting rotation definitely needs to be bolstered. And we talked about Nick Martinez mm. possibly slotting into that fourth role. But I did see that Chris Bassett of the Mets opted out of his contract. He makes a, a good amount of money. I don't know that he would make the same amount of money coming up here in this next season. But would what do you think about Chris Bassett being an opportunity or being a, a probable free agent the Padres can go after? Well, I think again from the baseball perspective, I think it makes a ton of sense when you think about a number four, number five starters. That would be a great option. Somebody that Bob Melvin is really familiar with from his time in Oakland. I think Bassett would be a great option. If you ended up with your four and five being Martinez and Bassett, you pair that with Snell, Darvish, Musgrove. That's a, I'd feel very good about that rotation Uh, heading into the year. I wonder, again, I think a lot of this comes down to what are the Padres willing to spend on those spots? Because, you know, Bassett. Actually, he didn't make. in 2022, it says that he made eight. Well, he, right, and he had a, he had an option for this coming season for 19. For 19 million, for 19. He turned that down. Well, what is he? He's, does he think the, he's going to get more? I, he may. He had a he had a nice year. He's he did. Good. He's not. Look, we're, we're, we 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 were talking about him as a number four, number five because of how we view the Padres' rotation. Yes. He's not. A number four, number five is probably, yeah, he's probably, and again, who can we talk about rotation spots like they actually mean anything. They, they do. Well, yeah, but, but, well, they do as far as what you might invest, yes. but everybody gets the same number of starts. Um, 
I just wonder if the price point for him will be beyond what the Padres are envisioning spending for those spots. Look, a lot a lot of this offseason for the Padres comes down to, I think, two main elements. Number one, how much do they want to spend? Okay, and we know they're going to spend. We know the payroll is going to be high. Yes. Okay, we know that. It's great. But how much are they willing to raise that payroll? That's obviously a big factor. And the second factor is how do they view this team and what's important and what's most critical to spend the money on? And I do think there is an element, again, not to belabor the point, of how does Fernando fit into all this? Where does he play? I mean, I, again, I'm just throwing out ideas yeah, out of here. Of course, of course. If Fernando, ta- if the plan ends up being that Fernando, and we're going to hear from AJ Preller, your guys' conversation yeah. system about it a little bit, right? Yes. Um, let's say, just hypothetical, the Padres say, Fernando, we don't have jerks and pro far back. We think you can handle left field. You're going to go out there and play left field mostly every day. Okay, well, then you're not spending any additional money on a left fielder. Yeah, you don't need to bring the, someone the, in. Right. The priorities become different where, okay, maybe you say, well, first base is maybe where we spend that money on a bat. Um, Abreu in that case. Sure. We talked Could about be. it earlier. Could I think, be. I, right. I think that would be a great option. Again, it, it's about how much do they want to spend? Where do they want to spend that money? Um, look, catcher's another interesting spot. I'm fat. We haven't even talked about that today. That's not true. That, not that we need to cover every aspect of it. No, everything. but there are so many different questions there, in the offseason that every, we need to talk everybody about. Everybody has them. I want to be clear about that. Everybody has these questions, okay? Um, mostly every team has a great deal of questions about their roster and what it's going to look like, you know, just briefly on catcher. I Look, I'm fascinated to see what they do because you would imagine at some point here, if the Padres truly view Luis Campusano as the catcher of the future, he's got to have the ability to play every day. I actually uh, predicted yesterday in our way too early opening day lineup projections that Campusano would be the, Maybe. the catcher over yeah. Austin Nola. I don't know the status of Jorge Alfaro. I don't believe. I, I think I saw something the other day from Kevin Acey kind of um, saying in few words. I, I don't want to quote him, so let me go find it before I say something that's not actually true. Uh, okay. That's going to have to come in a little bit. But <laughs> Luis Campisano, Austin Nola, Jorge Alfaro, all three guys could be back in there. Um, Wilson Contreras is a look, free agent. And that's it. Look, you took the words out of my mouth. The Contreras thing could be a huge wild card. Again, do the Padres view the catcher spot as the spot where they want to invest money in another big contract? Um, I don't know. Contreras is a wonderful player. He's a terrific offensive catcher. He'd be a big upgrade offensively there from the power you get and everything you get with him. Is that the spot where they go and invest? Look, I, I, I and I think especially with AJ and the way this front office has has worked, I personally think it's really hard to predict because this this front office has has pulled off trades and moves that you don't see coming. Do we need to bring up the Josh Hader trade? I mean, that was. I mean, let's let's remember how we felt when that happened. It was whoa. Yes. Who thought Josh Hader, even though he'd struggled a little bit, but who the thought market. the Brewers were even looking to deal him, right? Yeah. So they've shown an ability uh, in, in a lot of different cases to get creative. And you know, look, the farm system is not as deep as it once was. You know, in large part due to the Soto trade, which is okay. Yeah. But. Look, they've shown the willingness to trade these prospects and the, the high-level ones that are left, and there are there are a bunch. 
you know they they have they have sh- shown the the willingness to deal from that from that depth of prospects and go acquire talent so you know what is one good thing before we had to break that we are talking we don't have to talk about with the Padres is that Juan Soto is under contract or arbitration years for the next two seasons. He's not going anywhere. Mm-mm. So that's something that the Padres don't have to worry about, which is a huge thing to worry about, and they don't really have to. Yeah. But we've we've seen the rumors that they may be negotiating something here in the offseason. I don't I don't expect them to no, deal. I, I, I don't either. Um But you know, we were talking about Manny and the opt out possibility during the last segment yes it has the potential and we are so far away from this i think it's silly to even talk about but it has the potential to be a pretty interesting off season in that regard next year let's say if they have to work with manny again and um on on either you know if he opts out or if they have to restructure parts of his contract and then the soto question because next winner will be it will get interesting with Soto if they haven't extended him because then it's okay. Well, are they going to enter that final year of the deal without having that, that extension signed? Because you would imagine as the year gets started, it becomes less and less likely that that happens. But at the same time, uh, and it's been talked about a lot. I don't think you make that trade and give up the prospect capital. The Padres did without a, the willingness to invest. You knew what it was going to cost. You knew what it was going to cost to go get him um, and then sign him. I don't think you make the trade unless you were ready to to give him a very yeah. large sum of money. <laughs> yes, they have been saving up for that yes. for the last few years. So that is uh, where we're at with the Padres. And we're going to get some more information from the man who makes all the decisions himself, A.J. Preller. He was on the show with us on Wednesday. Uh, the the news isn't outdated or anything. Uh, a lot of it is still up in the air, so it's still uh, a pretty informative interview to hear from A.J. Preller. And I believe that he gives us just a little bit more than A.J. usually does. So I don't know maybe if he was feeling good that day, but I think it's uh, definitely worth sticking around for. So we'll have A.J. Preller from our show on Wednesday here when we get back on 97.3 The Fan. Joining us from the uh, general manager meetings, the uh, fine general manager of the San Diego Padres, Mr. A.J. Preller, joins us. A.J., how you doing today? Thanks for the time. Thank you guys for having me. Always a pleasure to have you. And uh, for all of the fans who didn't get a chance, uh, let me uh, pass along congratulations on a on an exciting and uh, great finish to the season for you and the Padres. How did, how did you kind of uh, categorize it? You know, you did knock off the Dodgers. You did get to the NLCS, but... I'm sure you took a little disappointment with you when you guys came up short in Philly. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, the goal every year get to the postseason and then, uh, you know, get get to get to a World Series situation. So I think, uh, you know, overall, a lot of positives on the season and, you know, getting uh, getting to the getting to October and the series in New York and L.A. and then, you know, but but obviously, you know, the way it ended, I think, uh, you know, I think we're all looking at it as. You know, let's learn from it. Let's get a little bit better, and uh, let's take another step here next year and, uh, and and go from there with it. But you know, again, like you play in the LCS, I think Bob said it uh, at his at, at the press conference there at the end of the year. You know, that's that's what we do this for is to get to get in those kind of positions, and you know, hoping we've been there too the last three years in the playoffs, and uh, now we gotta gotta take another step and uh, and find a way to get on that uh, on that World Series stage. And as usual in baseball, things move fast and furious. And, of course, free agency is uh, underway. And uh, 
Tell us a little bit what it means to you, what it means to us, the fans, when we see things like Jerkson Profar has opted out of his, uh, you know, returning in his contract, Robert Suarez, the same thing. Tell us what where that takes you as an organization when that happens. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, obviously we have uh, have a few players there with the opt-outs, like you mentioned, you know, Jerkson and, and, and Robert. I think they've, you know, they've got the right contractually to, you know, to test the free agent uh, waters. I think we've let, you know, all three of our, our opt-out guys, Nick Martinez is the other one, let them know that we see them as, uh, you know, as, as, a, as a part of things. And they said the same thing. They, they I think they love their experience in San Diego, the fans, the atmosphere, everything they saw this year, a winning team. Uh, so we've just spent the last few days just kind of getting a sense to see if they would opt out and then, you know, uh, trying to see if there was a, you know, I, I think giving them a sense of where we see them here going forward with us. And, Again, uh, starting here in a couple of days, we can start talking to other teams, free agents. So we'll factor all of that in. And um, but I think both sides of you know at least for Robert and Jerkson have, have let each other know that there's interest in, in coming back. And now we got to see you know if we're able to line up on something contractually to do that. Talking to AJ Preller here on the Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad Fan Hotline, Padres general manager. You just talked about being able to talk to other teams, free agents, and. Outside of the top three guys in your starting rotation, what is your approach to building that rotation past, you know, the U Darvish, the uh, Blake Snell, and the Joe Musgrove top three? What What are you guys going to be doing here this off season? Yeah, I mean, I think you know, in, in the uh, I you mentioned, I think from a starting standpoint, you can't can never have enough starting pitching. I think we'll look at all all the different avenues, you know, trade, free agency. Uh, I think a lot in our own system, you know, guys guys in our system that are you know, that, that are going to have a chance to develop and step up. Um, Six-year free agents, which is minor league free agency. We'll look at all those avenues. And, you know, again, I think the, similar to what we've tried to do the last couple of years is build up a staff that uh, has a lot of depth and a lot of quality and, and can withstand the 162 uh, game season. And, uh, you know, I think we'll we'll be looking at all that uh, here over the course of the next, you know, few weeks and months to, to look and have a deep starting rotation uh, going into spring training for Bob and for Ruben. Where does Will Meyer stand right now? I know you guys uh, declined his uh, his uh, the uh, extension of his contract. Does, does that mean you're parting company with Will Myers, or does that mean you'd like to sit down and try to find a deal that's more suitable for both sides? Yeah, I think I think with all of our our free agent group, I think we've we've had different conversations with uh, with their representatives or with the players themselves. I think with Will, you know, letting letting his his group know that yeah, that twenty million dollars for next year that that was. And that was not something that we were, you know, that we were going to do in picking up the option. But, you know, again, I think Will, he's a, you know, he's a very athletic player. He plays a lot of spots. Um, you know, we've seen him have all-star seasons here in, in San Diego. So I think we've, we've let him know that, you know, we're going to see how the offseason plays out and how our roster uh, plays out. But Will brings a lot of, it's a lot of versatility. He's a guy that, that fits in, you know, in some different scenarios. So that's, you know, the next couple of weeks, we'll have more conversation. We'll see how other options present themselves and how that compares to Will and, um, but yeah, it definitely was not a situation where when we when we didn't pick up the option where we we told Will, hey, this is this is it in San Diego. I think it was more of let's see if there's a different price point and see what the exact role is depending on what we can do, and uh, we'll see how the next few weeks play out for everybody. Padres general manager AJ Preller joining us here on the Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline, and I know we're peppering you with a lot of uh, questions about the future, but I guess that's this time of year. Uh, we've we've talked about the guys that are opting out, but next year Manny Machado has a player option, and obviously he's a massive part of this team. Have you had any discussions with Manny about that decision after 2023? 
No, we'll get, I think, get more into it here uh, as the offseason. I, you know, I did have a chance to sit down with Manny like we do every year and just kind of talk about, you know, his breakdown on the season, you know, what he thought went well. Um, and then, you know, always, always interested to hear from our players and, and from Manny, he thinks that we think we can do better if we're going to take another step next year. So that was most of the focus of the, uh, of, uh, of the conversation after the season. Um, I think the biggest thing with, with both Manny and, and, you know, and, and our, our group is that, you know, he, he loves playing in San Diego. He loves the fans. He, he loves kind of the energy he saw this year. And, Obviously, team success. He's been here for four years. You sign a guy to a to a big contract like that, and make a real commitment, and he's uh, he's doing everything on his end of the uh, you know of, of the of the bargain to uh, or of the deal to to go out and perform. So, you know, we'll see where things play out. I think so I'm sure we'll talk to Dan Lozano, his representative. We'll talk to Manny here this off season, but most of the conversation up until this point has been about how do we get better for next year and how does he go out and and have another MVP-type season like he's done here the last two years. I remember you once told me uh, during an interview, A.J., A.J. Preller is with us, that uh, you always have a, a bunch of uh, lineups and rosters and things written down on a board and written everywhere <laughs> and uh, all kinds of different options. Uh, we in our minds have a bunch of those in mind as far as where Fernando Tatis is going to play once he returns and how where he plays will you know, have an effect on where a lot of other people play. How much clarity do you have on that at this point? I mean, it's not until April 20th when he has to, when his suspension is over, but where he plays is going to affect a whole bunch of what you do this off season, I would think. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, definitely one of the questions I think, uh, you know, I think a lot of the conversation so far with Fernando has just been about getting healthy at the, the shoulder surgery and, and the wrist repair. So I think, um, you know, so far that's been, that's been most of our conversation here this, this off season. I think we'll start getting into, um, you know, I, I, honestly the next few weeks, I think ongoing conversation about, you know, what, what is, what is the, uh, the, the role in the position going into spring training. And, you know, part of that may be determined by what options present themselves in the next few weeks. Um, but yeah, ultimately we're going to be very clear with him. He's obviously, you know, a huge part of our franchise and obviously a very talented player. So I think we we'll want to make sure that he's he's got a very clear understanding of what's expected of him. And if that's, you know, come in and play one set position, if that's to come and compete at a spot, if that's to come in and move around the field, we, we haven't made that decision or that call. You know, I'll talk to Fernando personally a bunch this off season. Uh, we'll try to try to see if we can line some things up, but we'll make sure it's clear when we get to spring training. Uh, and, and, and before that, so he can prepare for it. And, you know, this is this is what uh, what we're expected on the field. And honestly, a big part of the next couple of months, though, is, is more about just getting him healthy so he's ready to get back on the field for us. AJ Preller joining us here on the Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad Fan Hotline, being nice enough uh, to take some time out of his busy schedule. I can't even imagine what your schedule is like at the GM meetings, AJ, but thank you so much for joining us. Every other day. Is it just busy? Just (laughs) busy. Uh, AJ, uh, we didn't see anything from Drew Pomeranz last year. I know that he's uh, still a part of the organization. Are we going to be seeing Drew Pomeranz next year, and are you counting on him to be a part of that uh, relief corps? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, again, I think we saw in, in 2020 and for, for a bunch of 21, he's an impactful you know, reliever left-handed, you know, late in the game, it could pitch leverage inning. So, you know, that surgery he had, you know, that flexor, uh, the, you know, the flexor surgery, you know, I think it's it's been presented in some ways as, you know, you kind of, you know, that, that uh, you know, that this is the time frame, you know, for that surgery. But I think we've had 
more experienced guys like Craig Stammen in the past, um, you know, that have missed really, you know, times more than more than a year, been at least a year, you know, coming back from that. There's other guys in the big league that had those kind of surgeries and or that particular surgery, and you know, it's 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 it takes a little longer, I think, to to come back from that deal. So Drew's worked hard. Um, you know, I think he's in terms of like how, you know, how the surgery looks from a heel standpoint. I think it looks, you know, overall everything we've gotten is that's in good in a good place, and I think we're expecting him to come back and pitch and be be full go here uh, at the start of the season for us, and that would be a big addition to our pen getting Drew back. Yes, and uh, Aaron Judge would be a nice addition, and uh, Jacob Degrom would be a nice addition. <laughs> what I mean, about Otani for, for just yeah, throw them all in trade there. for Otani, even though they said they're not going <laughs> yes, to. Yes, I know. I, I, just one player I wanted to ask about if there might be some interest on the Padres, and that's Wilson Contreras. And you said you can't talk with everybody for a couple of days, but uh, he's a, he's an all-star catcher. I think Austin Nola obviously did a great job uh, on into the playoffs. Is, is there – without – I know you probably won't address it specifically, but – are, are there any particular areas you will be looking to uh, improve in free agency? And is Wilson Contreras on your on your radar, perhaps? No, I, I think the the two clearest clearest spots for us right now are, are you know another bat. You know, obviously you have Josh Bell and Brandon Drury that we'll have we'll have conversation with their representatives too about where they're at. But you know, with them being free agents, I think looking to add some kind of some kind of bat, probably a first base DH type bat, and then. With Manaya and Clev, uh, you know, hitting the free agent market as well here at some point in time in the next couple of days, I think, uh, you know, I think we'll, we'll we'll continue to add that starting pitching depth. So I think those are areas that, you know, that we'll look to shore up. Catching, you can never have enough catching. We talk about that as well. And, you know, I, I, again, I think, you know, the way Nola played at the end of the season into the playoffs, very encouraging. And, um, you know, the way he handled the staff and. Uh, got some huge hits for us. Uh, Alfaro, Luis Campusano, you know, having another year at AAA this past season and, and breaking into the big leagues. He had some nice moments in September catching Musgrove, you know, doing a good job behind the plate and, you know, big home run against the Diamondbacks and Zach Gallon one day. He's playing winter ball this year, so we'll track his progression and, you know, see how he does coming into camp. I think we feel good about where we're at behind the plate, um, but again, I think if there's if there's an upgrade, we'll we'll look at it and kind of see what uh, what fits our club here here going forward. Well, once again, AJ, thanks so much for the time, and yes. uh, thanks so much for the season. Uh, you know, I want to make sure that uh, on behalf of the great Padre fans out there, you know, we congratulate you guys on what you did accomplish, and uh, I know what you didn't accomplish is what drives you this off season to improve and get a little bit better. But uh, it was a phenomenal run. We had a lot of fun this year. And uh, we have you and Peter Seidler and Melvin and those players to thank for it. So we appreciate the time, as always, and look forward to seeing you soon. Yeah, it's, uh, again, I think uh, I think same feeling. I think, you know, in 20 we were able to get to the playoffs, but obviously, you know, no, no fans. And I think to do it, um, you know, it's fun watching this group and this team. Bob and the staff did a great job. And, you know, I think to see the atmosphere in San Diego, the electricity, the fan base excited, that that's that's what you do these jobs for. And, you know, I think, uh, like I said, I think the last few years we played played good baseball. And now uh, the goal is, is to do it again because the city's jazzed up as they should be. They love the team. They've supported it. And, um, you know, looking forward to hopefully having a good offseason, making the team better and getting ready for, uh, for spring training. It'll be around the corner before we know it. Yes, indeed. Thank you so much, AJ. Have a good rest of your meetings, and we'll uh, see you down the road. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Great having A.J. Preller on, the general manager of the Padres. He joined us.
On the Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline, save money the right way with Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad. Visit them today in the Carlsbad Auto Mall Chevrolet. Find new roads. All right, the show's off to a rip. All right, that was our interview with A.J. Preller from earlier in the week, and that is our show to close out the week. Thank you so much, Sam, for coming in Thank studio. you, Matt Scraby. Sammy Lovett and Scraby Show with Maddie on the board. Nice job, Maddie. Nice job, Maddie. It's been a very fun day. So. Has been. Have a good weekend, everybody. Yes, we'll be back on Monday. Chris will be back on Monday. We'll recap it all. So everybody have a safe and happy weekend. Good night. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places. I'm Glennon Doyle, author of Untamed and host of the podcast, We Can Do Hard Things. On We Can Do Hard Things, my wife, Abby, my sister, Amanda, and I talk honestly about the hard parts of life. Join us and guests like Michelle Obama, Tracy Ellis Ross, and Brene Brown as we have refreshingly honest conversations. New episodes are out every Tuesday and Thursday. So listen to and follow We Can Do Hard Things, an Odyssey podcast, available now for free on the Odyssey app and everywhere you get your podcasts.